The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, Edmonton planning to freeze property taxes for the first time since 1997. All an effort to help limit the financial strain of the pandemic on Edmontonians. But the city of Edmonton is going to face some big, well, you know, it already is facing some big financial challenges because of COVID. That's been well documented right here on this show over the past number of months. Now, to get to that 0% increase, uh, some tough decisions are ahead because it will have to cut about $64 million from its budget. And that means service and staffing reductions, as well as potential facility closures maybe more. Tim Cartmel is the city councillor for Ward 9. He joins us this afternoon. Councillor Cartmel, welcome back to the show. Thank you. All right, let's start with this. Where is your head going into uh, all of this when you think of how much and, and what needs to be cut? Well, it's a series of trade-offs, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's, uh, there's some real tough decisions to be made. There's some things that um, in our budget that, that are frankly un say untouchable, but they're, they're obligations we have to meet. So, for instance, we have uh, debt service payments we have to make, our mortgage payments we have to make. We can't just stop making those. Um, so, you know, where we can make adjustments and, and change our budget is, um, you know, is selective, I would say. <laughs> but on the other hand, we have no choice. We need to provide, uh, you know, some relief uh, and get to a 0% tax increase, uh, you know, for the citizens that we represent. Um Yesterday, um, the interim city manager, Adam Lachlan, uh, saying that the suggestions that have been proposed come from detailed analysis, uh, program and service reviews. Can you give us an idea about those program and service reviews, uh, what, what they look like and, and, and um, might have, you know, what, what was actually looked at? Well, that's an interesting question. This was a, a series of reviews that was undertaken by administration, and they go back uh, several years, actually, sort mm. of on a program-by-program program basis. And they were looked at more for efficiencies, you know, uh, is a particular line of business doing what it ought to do? Is it meeting the objectives it was designed to meet? Uh, if not, how could it be improved or tweaked or, or, or uh, uh, diminished? Um, but those reviews were not, uh, at the start of them anyway, undertaken from a financial perspective. They mm-hmm. were more about process and, and, and procedure and quite frankly, a little bit of red tape reduction in there, too. So uh, we're relying on work that was done by administration that identified some of those services that we may no longer have to do or at least not do in the same way, and that's providing some financial relief. And Councillor Cartmel, I know that, um, you know, it's it's been said that you're looking at changes that will have the lowest impact. And I guess my question is, is how do you determine what is lowest impact <laughs> impact because if a pool is going to be closed in a neighborhood or a rec facility is going to be closed in a neighborhood in that neighborhood it is still going to be have have an impact and likely will have a big am- impact to some of those people in that neighborhood how do you how do you judge that well it's really hard i will say you know so for every generalization like that that is made you know that yeah. this will have the least impact there is that person or that community or that cohort that says well, just a minute, you know, don't generalize. Mm. That affects me disproportionately. But let's take those, those, let's take those facilities. Uh, you know, the impact of closing those, those five facilities is uh, roughly $1.2 million in operating. You might say that's not a huge amount of money, but every little bit helps when you're trying to find $65 million. What, is, what is, might be missed, though, is that the ongoing maintenance costs to keep those older 
uh, building is going is roughly $26.5 million over the next 10 years, say. So that's not an immediate budget uh, impact in the next year, but it's an impact going forward. Now, when you close three pools, you affect three communities. But when you look at the broader you know, city perspective, we have a number of facilities that have pools that run much more efficiently, where we have economies of scale, where we can provide swimming services. So in that sense, uh, what has the least impact? Closing one small, um, from a financial perspective, inefficient pool. Yeah, and it, and that was the thing. It was um, that we're reading that the, the the facilities that are being suggested, um, including what East Glen, Scona, Oliver Pools, Oliver and Tipton Arenas, that goes back to that um, service review that began back in 2016 that you that you touched on. Question, Tim: What happens? You know, if these are closed, what happens to the building and the land that they're on? Well, I think it's different in every instance. Uh, and, I, you know, there's, those are good questions, but they're, they're individual questions. You know, Scona Pool is part of Strathcona High School. Uh, Oliver Pool sits on a, on a relatively small city lot in Oliver uh, and shares a spot with Oliver Arena. So both of those facilities close. Uh, what happens to the park space? That's a good question. Uh, Tipton, on the other hand, you know, is at one end of one block. Uh, and I know from my own experience coaching there for 15 years, <laughs> There's no place to park. The impact yeah. in the neighborhood are huge. You know, it's we lose an ice sheet, sure, but it's it's uh, no one that ever had to play hockey man there is going to really miss it. Other than we no longer have an ice sheet, if you know what I mean. So, you know, there's 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 trade-offs in all of that. What happens to the exact sites in each indi- in each instance is uh, is a good question, but it's not answered in these reports. We've been talking about, um, you know, service level adjustments uh, as well, uh, savings there of about $13.2 million. When we talk about service level adjustments, what does that encompass? Well, here's an example. You know, we're going through a a bus network redesign, which is to say, uh, you know, redrawing the transit map with different bus routes and that will have different frequencies and and quite frankly, a whole different operating system. Uh, we have routes that might be at 10-minute intervals that might go to 15-minute intervals. So, uh, you know, it's a service level reduction, but the service isn't eliminated. It means people wait a little longer, which isn't great, uh, but the service is still there. Uh, but, it, you know, you, you eliminate a bus, you eliminate that level of service, you reduce the number of hours spent driving buses, and you save some money. So it's, it's you know, in, the, in that kind of a world. So I, I'm wondering then, does that lead to job losses within the, the transit system? I know we're, we are talking about some, you know, over 300 potential job losses um, in, in it. Again, that's one of those things, Tim, isn't it? I mean, it were, it's a tough financial time for so many people. I think the city already had laid off, what, around 2,000 people uh, since since April. This has got to be one of the, the tougher aspects of making these decisions when you see that people are going to lose their jobs no question it's it's really hard it's uh you know every one of these numbers it's easy to say um you know that that on a permanent basis over 300 positions will be eliminated every one of those positions is a person every one of those people has a family so you know we want to do this with the utmost regard and respect and integrity uh when you're considering uh, those individuals uh, 
but it's not necessarily just chopping off the bottom either. We, you know, there's potential to do this through attrition. There might be mm-hmm. potential to do this through early retirement. There may be potential to, to job share. So, you know, when we talk about 300 positions, we're talking about full-time equivalent positions. Um, you know, not necessarily uh, the count of the number of people that are working for the city. But, but let's be clear. When you're talking about taking $65 million out of your budget permanently, that is going to have an effect on the size of the workforce. I know that um, there was a town hall yesterday. How was that presented to the unions? How was that presented to the workforce? I don't know. I wasn't mm. present there, so I don't know how it was presented or how it was received. I expect that, uh, you know, having been part of these things in different parts of my career, um, you know, it probably was received with some combination of, of concern and trepidation and resignation you know we're in tough times and that means tough decisions and no one likes to be caught in that Uh, some smaller things some smaller things that some people might think ah it's not a big deal but you know some of these smaller things make bring our community together and and we've heard talk as well about some of the city run celebrations about fireworks about new year's eve uh as well you know sometimes um you know, my, my daddy would always my daddy my dad would always say there's a difference between scratching your butt and tearing a hunk out and sometimes I wonder if some of these smaller ones and again I know you're trying to find 64 million but some of these ones that might bring people together although we're not supposed to be together right now um, but build this sense of community you know again is it is it worth 200 grand well is it worth cutting 200 grand you know another colloquialism is you know take care of the pennies and the dollars take care of themselves right you know so you know you trim 200 here and 200 there and and you know 500 here and 400 there and Mm. if everyone you know takes a little piece yeah then you've got 65 million dollars in savings at the end of the exercise so you know i think i think the answer is somewhere in the middle do we uh, you know do we sponsor two or three or four fireworks displays or we do we go to one well, maybe for a few years we got to go to one. Yeah. Uh, you know, earlier today we were talking about uh, trying to eliminate some red tape around what community leagues can do. You know, so it might not be a fireworks uh, uh, display. It might be, a, you know, a somewhat muted celebration. But maybe we can do more things yeah. on a community level that don't cost any money. Uh, you know, we, I don't know if you've seen this, but I've, I've seen this in my own community that over the summer, you know, uh, there was these little pop-up concerts yep. on little blocks, right? And so, and people were just craving some interaction. Uh, but, you know, for the cost of, of virtually no money, there was an opportunity for a couple of hours to sit outside and enjoy the air and enjoy some music. And, and it didn't cost anybody anything. So is there more of that that we can do to compensate for what the city might not be able to do for the next yeah. few years? Right. Again, I know they're little things, but sometimes those little things are pretty big to, yeah. to some people, eh? Ward yep. 9 City Councillor Tim Cartmel joining me this afternoon. Um, Councillor, w- w- when it comes to... Oh my gosh, um, what about... the? I'm sorry, when it comes to the job losses, has there been talk or is there the opportunity to save some jobs by maybe taking salary cuts or rollbacks or is that not on the table at all well any of those kinds of conversations have a um, a labor agreement component and so you know really to comment too much on that publicly is would be to be touching on the on those labor uh, agreements mm-hmm. um, 
I can I can draw my past experience though. I I worked in a unionized environment at a at a previous employer, and uh, you know cuts were suggested quite dramatically in my department. And people came forward to to say either you know I'm ready to retire or I will share my job or we would rather take a cut and not lose you know one of our colleagues. So I suppose any of that is possible and on the table. It's not contemplated in the discussions that start on Monday. Uh, it'd be contemplated more in terms of. Uh, of that, of those union discussions, of those labor discussions, I would say. A lot of folks are saying, well, what about management levels? And again, this is yep. one of the focuses of, of this, isn't it? It is. And so we talked about management levels and numbers of managers at an audit meeting, uh, committee meeting, and forgive me, my, my <laughs> memory for calendar is kind of scattered, but it was roughly a month ago, perhaps a little bit longer ago, and a motion was made at that audit committee meeting for the uh, administration to bring back um, recommendations on cutting 5% and 10% of the uh, number of, of, call it, middle managers across the city. And so uh, I'm not sure if that's answered. I'm sorry, there's about 15 reports that are combined. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's answered directly or not, but I, uh, it will be part of the conversation between now and the end of the year. Uh, and just to be clear, uh, Councillor Nack made that motion and, and audit committee uh, uh, supported that. Um, it's a what a three billion dollar operating budget that w- you're working with right now. So looking to cut 64 million from it. Roughly, yeah. The uh, the approved budget. I've got this in front of me here. The approved budget was roughly 3.2 billion for uh, 2021, and uh, that will, will go down to just a titch over three billion if we make these cuts. And when we talk about uh, the the dire financial situation that the city finds itself in, I mean, uh, we were hoping for better, but um, the news hasn't been good this year. Uh, No, none of the news has been good this year. It's been a terrible year. Uh, You know, and I think we're all feeling that, right? So uh, I think that's something that we have to contemplate too uh, at Council is that, uh, you know, people are struggling. And, uh, you know, how do we do this in the most, uh, um, you know, sensitive and considerate way? But at the same time, one of the things that people are struggling with is their, uh, for some at least, their financial predicament. And what do we do to minimize that? Mm -hmm. uh, So we have a responsibility on both sides of the ledger from that perspective. What a balancing act. What, uh, man... um I'm glad I don't have your job, Tim, let me tell you that, because there's going to be some, some tough decisions ahead, and uh, it's not going to be easy at all. It's not going to be easy, but I'll tell you what, Jay Lynn, you know, I'm glad I have this job. It is a real privilege to be able to try to thread our way through this and to have a, you know, a, a voice and an opportunity to be in those discussions. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade this for anything. Thank you for adding uh, your voice to my show this afternoon. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Anytime. Yeah. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. And Tim Cartmel, Ward 9 City Councillor. So again, $3.2 billion operating budget. We're looking at, uh, they're looking at cutting $64 million from that to get to a 0% property tax increase because of the situation that so many people find themselves in because things have been really tough this year financially for so many people. What it does look like, yeah, some of these places, East Glen, Scona, Oliver Pools could be cut. Oliver and Tipton Arenas um, have been recommended for closure as well. They've been recommended for closure for a number of years, you know, going back to about 2015, 2016. This sounds like it could be the year where it happens.